Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. The Championship Vision Podcast is about coaches impacting coaches. We believe that coach mentoring is an essential part of coaches getting better at their craft in our profession. We bring in the best high school basketball coaches in the country to share their vision on what it takes to run a successful basketball program. So stay tuned for another edition of the Championship Vision Podcast with your host, Coach Kevin Furtado, the head girls basketball coach at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Coaches, welcome back to the Championship Vision Podcast, uh, episode 255. You would think I have nothing better to do than the interview coaches with that, with that many podcasts, but I got a great one here. I'm in the great state of Kansas, man. Basketball basketball was born in Kansas. Dr. Naismith, all the, all the great Fog Allen. We got a great coach coming out here out of Andale High School, Mr. Ted Anderson. We had a chance to contact through social media and so forth. Uh, really building a great brand, great program out there at Andale High School girls basketball program. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's great to be on. Uh, nothing I'd rather be doing in September. <laughs> but you will be announcing the football game today, Coach, because you got to give away some of your secrets today to all the coaches that are going to be listening. So uh, I know you're going to share with us. Well, I think that, you know, I think the secret to being a good announcer is you got to, you got to memorize all the kids numbers. And we worked on that in class a little bit today. And, uh, you know, hopefully I don't mess anything up. And, uh, if you mess a kid's name up, you know, there's, there's some, there's parents in the stands that want to hear it the correct way. And, yeah, uh, you know, we're going to try to do the best we can. We got a lot of help up in the press box. So it'll be good. Yeah, no doubt. There is a knack to it, man. It's not that easy. I know that, um, uh, but you got to have a good voice, and I'm sure they, they didn't bring you on if you didn't have a great, uh, great presence, great voice. And, but wait, we're here to talk about your system, your program. I want you to share everything that you do within your girls' basketball program. But before we do that, give kind of a brief. Um, I, I enjoyed kind of reading your history of coaching, your career bio. But I want you to share with us how you got into coaching and uh, how you got to this point in your career. Well, my, uh, my parents taught for 60, 64 combined years at the same place, uh, taught next door. Wow. Matter of fact, my mom, uh, my mom took my dad's room cause it was a better room in, uh, in, the, in the high school. And he still kind of hangs cred on her about that. But yeah, I've, uh, I, I would go up to the, you know, my dad was a teacher, so he'd go up on Sundays and, and, uh, I'd get the balls out of the rack and, I remember when I made my 500th basket in the gym and then he'd pass me for a little bit and we'd go home. And that was when you were still shooting with the, with the big men's ball. And I was probably five or six years old, but mm -hmm. I, uh, that's all I ever wanted to do was, was teach, was to coach and teach. And, and, uh, you know, I went to, I went to Pittsburgh state, you know, I played high school basketball and then I went to Pittsburgh state and probably, uh, saw Dennis Franchoni and how he, organized practice, football practices. Uh, we never lost a regular season game the whole time I was there. And I, uh, I was able to, uh, learn a lot from, you know, the organization there. And then I, I coached, coached a little bit in college and then, uh, was seventh grade boys coach at, at, uh, at Valley center. And then the next year high school girls job opened and no one had applied for it by in, in August. They had no, uh, they had no, candidates and so I applied I thought well um I, I don't want to be I, I plan to be there my whole life and I I got the head job and uh was there for 16 years 17 teaching and 
had five really had five really really troubling years and had to go to some late night board meetings to stay in coaching and then had six or seven really good ones and then um, then we decided to make a change and went to Andale and um, I had a son that was going to be a seventh grader and and uh, I got an opportunity to coach ninth grade boys for six years with a really good coach learned a lot. Uh, um, and if you ever want to talk defense, our our or sh and shooting, our boys coach probably one of the best I know. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did that. I was on the varsity staff and did freshman in the morning, and that's when I really learned how to be a coach, a really good coach. And I could I could share about that. But then took the girls' job, and I've been here. We've gone. We've been here six years on the girls' side. And uh, the first year we went 0 and 5, and then uh, the end of the year we upset the best team in the sub-state. And then made it to state and then lost to Bishop Miege, who had beaten me uh, when I was 22 and 0 at Valley Center, beat my son's team uh, the last game his senior year. Then we got third in the state, and then we got second, and then we we had two years two years off, and then we got third last year. And, and we're approach our my approach has kind of evolved. Um, I don't know what rules are in other states but when I first started coaching you could have a one-week camp that was it and only two kids per team could be on a summer team uh and then it evolved as we were going and um when I let when I was at Valley Center then you could work with three kids um at a time and you could have open gym uh then they allowed kids to all five anybody could play together but you couldn't coach them uh now we can basically do anything and and uh and it's and it's been pretty good so that's, that's kind of where we, you know, that's kind of where we are. And, um, I'm going to, I'm a clinic junkie and a basketball junkie and, um, I'm, I'm never going to, I'll never give it up. Yeah. There's some great resources out there, coach and so forth. Uh, I think we can probably share war stories. Um, I'm actually, sure. host, I'm actually hosting, I still have my clinic notes from whenever I mean, I've been coaching 30 years as well, but I still have those clinic notes from back in the day. That's almost sad. Just, but you know what? Uh, some things never they they never they always stayed the same somewhat. They evolve, but yeah, some of those notes are really good from the past. I've got my I pro I have my mind from probably the first three clinics I ever attended, and uh, and I still remember most of the Charlie Spoonhour stories. And That's I right. don't totally I don't totally agree with everybody that says you should only talk basketball and all that because I miss Al McGuire and. Charlie Spoonhour and all those kind of guys. Now, now it's all basketball and business, which is not a bad thing, but um, I miss those. I miss those times. Yeah. The stories are good because the stories kind of tell you like who that person is. And I yeah. think, you know what I'm saying? I, I think personality, <clears throat> that's a big part of it, but if it's the whole time, then it's probably a little bit, you know, I know uh, was it Bob Huggins, you go to a Bob Huggins, a brilliant basketball mind, but he'll talk about, his bar trips and things like that for hours. Right. It's like, right. All right, come on, hug, right. man. We want to learn about your five-out offense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, hey, hey, the topic. I, I love what you call it. Matter of fact, I'm, I really, I, I really, I think it's it's very. I like things that really mean a lot. You said ninety-four thirty-two. So yep. you're play ninety-four feet for thirty-two minutes, and I really love that. Kind of talk how you have created that that philosophy for your your program. Well, what, what I found out was, and it took me forever because I thought controlling tempo when I was growing up was slowing the game down. And I, and I really did. And you were going to go and you were going to do, you were just going to keep working. And it was win at all, win at all costs by holding the ball. Well, that doesn't help your program. And I, it took me a while to find that out. Also, um, coaching girls, uh, it is hard to get a shot five on five. There, I do not want to ever face a set defense. So um, number one is we're, you know, we're going to try to run on offense and create an advantage as much, much as possible. And then our philosophy has always been, we're going to pick you up as far, as far up the court as humanly possible mm -hmm. within our abilities. And we'll adjust that, you know, we'll adjust that press every year, but, you know, uh, Sid Gilman, old football, old football coach that was with the Chargers for years. The one, the one quote I always remember is, you know, the football field is, is a hundred yards long and 53 and a third yards wide. And we're going to use every inch of it. 
and we're, you know, we're going to do that with Stacy and we're not, we believe in not giving any free trips, um, and, and making things tough, um, and, and make it as tough as possible, uh, the, you know, the entire game. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how that evolved. I used to walk the ball up the court my first five or five years or so. And then we started running and, uh, probably the, you know, obviously the, the number one, uh, influence that I had when we tried to run and then I saw Roy Williams clinic, um, with, with players on court. And once right. you could go to a clinic, that was the first clinic I'd ever been where you had on court with players. Uh, yeah. It was in Vegas. And, you know, we, you know, we ran the Carolina break. And then of course, you know, he was at KU for, for, for a long time. And, and, uh, that was, that, that probably was the genesis of us wanting to run. Uh, and, and try to get easy baskets. And then we've always, I've always favored the press. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not that, I'm not that worried about giving up and maybe one or two easy baskets to get the tempo going. Cause we don't have a shot clock in our state. Yeah. Uh, we, we do not have a shot clock. So, um, and, and my argument about not having a shot clock is it's incumbent upon the defense to make that tempo, <laughs> to get that tempo going. If you, if you, you know, if the other team's going to try to hold the ball. So you mentioned, I was going to, we're actually in Georgia here. We're a trial period. Now we actually have uh, two shot, um, two shot clocks actually up in the, in our gym now, but we can't, we can't play it yet until next year. Right. It's going to be a logistic nightmare because it's hard to find good people to operate the shot clock. So where it's going to be the first year, <laughs> we're actually going to try it a couple of times this year just to uh, make some mistakes, but we're probably going to have to hire a third referee to come in and run it and just pay him a little bit extra. So you at least get somebody who actually understands how to do it. Uh, but sure. Sure. Uh, I, we play up tempo, so we don't mind doing that quick hitters, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but there's a lot of teams coach. Don't you agree? that don't have the talent. They want to slow the tempo down. Um, but I guess, I guess it's in favor of the college game, I guess. Yeah. Well, and where, what changed my attitude about it was, and I, and Yubi Brown was one of the first, first guys I listened to. And he was the, the only thing I didn't like about Yubi is he only did everything five on zero. So everything looked good. Yeah. But the one thing that he did, I remember when he went back and took the Memphis job and he said with a young team, uh, you you have to run and get more possession so they can get offensive rebounds. And um, I I think even, you know, if you're a really, really bad team, maybe you've got to walk it up the court, but you've got to get a shot up and get an offensive and try to get an offensive rebound. And we've, uh, you know, I've, I've hired a, a rebounding slash player development coach that I'm paying out of my pocket. And we're, we're, we're making sure that we get more, we get more possessions and more baskets by getting more possessions. Yeah. I saw that. I saw that in your informational, uh, one of your slides, tell me what you're doing with that. Because, um, my assistant coach is actually, he's my conditioning and rebounding coach, but tell me what you're doing so I can learn from. Well, we, you know, when I, the, the first, the first five years that we were doing it, my, my freshmen go in the morning. We don't, we only, we had some gym, we, we now have a beautiful new facility. So we got a lot more options, but our freshmen still go in the morning. So I'll have between, I had one assistant with me, 15 to 18 kids. Well, to give you an example, what we did before we got this, my other guy, we would go down and do shell drill with half the team. And then we'd say, okay, the rest of you go do three player, two ball shooting or whatever. Well, regardless of how good your kids are, they're not going to go as hard if they're not supervised. And so now what we do is my last year, my, my number one assistant and I, we do four on four shell when I'd say, okay, my other guy, you got him for five minutes and then rotate some, rotate him down. And we did a three, three deal rotation. And so we were working on two coaches are working on defense. And then we had one guy, Hey, you know, player development, he got him doing a Euro step and they, you know, or, Hey, he saw something in film. And I said, after a while, I just said, you do whatever you need to do. <laughs> I said, you got, he goes, I've got three things we're going to do. I said, that's great. And we, and we, and we got better and rebounding. And then he watches all the rebounding and he, he watched every one of our, uh, this summer, he watched every one of our games and uh, charted all the rebounds. And he has a, 
the, the kids believe that we can go get rebounds. <laughs> and, yes. it's, and it's taken yeah. a little bit of a load off of me because there's only much so much film you can watch. I'm a classroom teacher. Right. And my assistant, my my number one assistant, which I've replaced, but uh, she was a classroom teacher. But so is the one I replaced her with. And, and there's only so much film you can watch. You, you got to te- you got to teach seven classes a day. <laughs> so there's only so much you can do. I, the guy got to retired guy that I met at the golf course. Right. <laughs> so he's he has no life. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's a smart move, coach. Um, and I get I guess what the kids feel like, hey. If you bring it, if you hire a coach just to do rebounding, rebounding must be important. Yeah, it is. And, and I mean, that's, that's an emphasis deal. Uh, he, he actually, during those five minute periods, he'll, he works on different player development stuff with them. And, mm-hmm. um, but re, but rebounding the way we treat rebounding. And I, I heard, I, I've been every morning I've saved like 50 podcasts that I haven't listened to. So I, so I found yours and I just listened to my uh, Rory, Rory Hamilton's a good buddy of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he, and I just heard him two days ago talking about his rebounding drills. We only do rebounding drills three times during the year. Okay. We do, we do them the first couple days of practice for emphasis. And I, and I, I kind of, the way I, the way I treat rebounding is, um, when I did supervised tackling, when I was playing, I was a better tackler. So we do it more as a reminder. We do, we've got a couple, we got some good rebounding drills. We do them the first week of practice. We don't do them again until uh, maybe right before the midseason tournament. And then after our regular season's over, we do it as a reminder the first day before substate. And, but we write at the top of our practice, every drill is a rebound drill. Right. And so, um, and then I heard one, a, a guy was talking today and I think you had, and it was last year's podcast, but the one thing that we don't, there's two things I heard you talking about how to take charges and, mm-hmm. um, and how to, how to create toughness. The one thing we don't do is we don't do the no out of bounds deal. I've, cause I did freshman boys and I, I felt like you're going to get kids hurt exactly. <laughs> and then taking, we my thing on taking charges, my, both my kids that played for me led the team in charges, but we put as much emphasis as we can on guarding the ball. So we don't have to take charges and we, sure. and we play a support defense and, and we've, and we've taken some charges, but I don't know. It's our referees. I, I think they should reward kids that actually go try to take one and they don't always do it. Um, and uh, so it's, it's our kids play hard. Um, and I've, we've had some rebounding drills where I had to tell coach to stop down there. Cause I thought, I thought they were going to kill each other. <laughs> so I'd rather kill the other team. Yeah. That's a great point. Cause that, that's, uh, that's the, I guess the art of coaching because, you know, I had um, every day at the beginning, I do a rebounding drill, one-on-one drill. And that was last year. I was at another program last year. We had a really, really good team. And, one of my best players got hurt in the one-on-one drill because kids would just go after it. So I canceled. Yeah. <laughs> I canceled it. Well, I mean, what, I, was, I it the, was it the roll? Was it the roll ball drill where you got to go get it and then play? Is that what what they got hurt on? Or well, it it was just it was just a rebounding came down on the oh, okay rebound. But our kids were competing. We we wanted them to compete, but then there comes a time when you have to lessen the physicality, which sometimes you have to do, particularly later in the season. So uh, certainly that's the art of coaching, I guess. So give me some examples of that. I mean, particularly with the rebounding, man, you get to that region tournament, you can't be knocking each other around, I guess. I mean, everybody's different. Um, You know, we, I don't know, we have two or three competitive drills that we do every practice. And uh, obviously if they, and we emphasize, re, you know, we emphasize rebounding and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have an extra assistant that says, okay, here's a reminder. We had a missed block out there and we'll, we'll, you know, I know Vance Wahlberg has what he calls blood drills. Mm-hmm. Blood for us means that we're going to, we're going to tally mark drop passes, miss block oh, outs, yeah, I like uh, not playing, not playing hard, you know, yeah, um, negative things or whatever, but we, we don't really, um, sometimes we'll have a, we'll have a drill where an offensive rebound counts as an extra point. And then if you can put it back in, it was kind of the same 
Yeah. Um, you know, we have a couple drills like that, but we don't, we don't have any where we're just killing each other. Yeah. I think there's a lot of technique involved. I'll give you an example coach and you help me out because you appear to be ball pressure is important to you. Um, we call us hand on ball because we literally, and we force, we can. So, okay. So you're a weekend team. Okay. We can now it, we only force from the free throw line up. We force that point guard or guards to use the left hand. Now, we get free throw line below. We're forcing baseline into our trap rotation. Um, okay. And then we, right. we actually, on help, we scramble or, or jump switch. That's how we, we, we're always on the attack. Um, I don't believe in help and recover. That's, that's my own personal philosophy. Sure, but, um, sure. How do you teach, what do you do with your ball? How do you teach your ball pressure and your help? Well, what, what we do, and it's, it's similar to what you do, but it's totally opposite. And I heard you talk to uh, Ryan McCarthy about his, his amoeba, and we'll run a little bit of amoeba. Right. My, my, my belief is, is I love for the ball to be on the side. I want the ball at the wing. And I've heard Huggins talk that I've never sat through an entire Bob Huggins deal. I've, I walk out on him every time, <laughs> uh, even in Vegas. And I'm not making that up, but Okay, so I don't care if we're man to man or zone, uh, unless we can just pressure the heat the ball up in the middle of the court. We're gonna we're gonna shade them to where they throw to their strong hand, so they can complete that pass, and then we can get our rotation set on that wing. Right. And then our goal is to, and I don't care if it's the amoeba or man to man or whatever. Once that ball's on the wing and it's at least free throw line extended or just a little bit below it, we want to try to not let it we're not going to let it go middle, but that's when we can deny and not let it come back. Sure. And that's one of, that's one of, that's, that's one of our goals. And the, the, the problem that we run into is when you, when the ball's in the middle on the first pass and you try to force it left, you end up, you end up playing over there and then they, they spin and maybe beat you or whatever. And we just go ahead and let them make, even in the amoeba, even though McCarthy denies it, we let them throw it there. And then we get up and, and play with our limp. So, so do you guys um, play uh, man to man, or you guys are? Is it more? We're, we're a man to man. We're a man to man team. Now, there's one team. Uh, this girl signed with Arizona State. She's six four, and I and I'm against doing this in the summer. I broke one of my summer rules. In the summer, we run no plays. Um, we play man to man, full court, and we'll let you trap. Well, we played them in the fourth game of the four day of a one day deal. And there's no way we're going to keep her off the boards or keep it out of there. So we played our amoeba, um, which is you should never do in the summer. But there's no way we could have kept her off the boards and they'd just been lobbing to her. So, but she's also going to she might play in the WNBA too. Right, right. <laughs> so we we break our rules sometimes. But yeah, for the most part, we're going to play man to man most of the time. But we'll uh, we'll we zone press and we 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 run zone press though. Um, and we usually get back to man. Yeah, I'm so. assuming with your 9432 philosophy, you're pressing. I really want to learn uh, what you do. I, I do think most pressing uh, systems are very similar, but I, th oh, I always very. notice unique differences, though, um, because I have had a lot of pressing coaches on. But uh, I definitely want to hear what um, what makes you guys tick. Well, when I was at my other school and we were really rolling, we, we played full court man-to-man -man scramble. And the problem with that is everybody has to learn how to be a safety. Everybody, because you got to rotate back to the basket. So when I came to Andale, the, the team we inherited had two gigantic bigs. We ended up, I mean, we, we, we put 94-32 on the jerseys. We, we weren't ready to play 94-32. <laughs> but, um, but what I did is I, there's, there's a program in our area that's really good. And they, we started messing with the two, two, one and the one, two, one, one, just because number one, you better find a press offense that can break both of those. So you got it. And, and here's what I found out in girls and, and you probably have as well um, is when I first started coaching, we just say, Hey, um, Hey, getting a two-two-one, and then we break it, and it was easy as can be. And you get in the game, you know, because they just sit in the box press. You get in the game, and you couldn't do it. And so it was like hey, we take the time, even if we're not going to run the two-two-one, we take the time to teach that press, even though I didn't run it. 
And we've always been kind of a one, two, one, one team trap the first pass rotate and all that. So we were all, but we want to, we go ahead and teach both. And that way, and it's more for our press offense, everything, everything we do that we put in, we want to make sure that we can survive offensively. So that's why we do it is because you have to have a dead ball press offense. Right. Uh, you know, when there's a dead ball, you better be able to line up and break a two, two, one, a one, two, one, one, a half court trap or whatever. So that's kind of how it evolved. And now we, we just kind of go back and forth between the one, two, one, one and the, and the two, two, one. Um, we like to run two, two, one on a lot of made baskets, but we don't run it. We don't run it where you trap at half court. We try to pressure the ball and everybody else float. And then we let them go take chances. Uh, and we just tell the half court people, don't come running up too fast. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, and, and I think we're going to be good enough this year to where we can rotate our five person from protecting the basket out to take chances. Right. Um, what we've done in the past is just left her in there and said, Hey, let's take some chances until the ball gets down there and then we'll match up and get man to man. And now I think we're going to be good enough where we can really heat them up. That's the hardest thing in the two or we're a two, two, one team coach, but we're, we're probably similar. And what I do is we, we deny, we deny first pass. So we're daring those girls. And I'm telling you, they'll always try to throw it over the top. Our floaters are right there getting ready for steals. And then we don't care where we trap. So what we try to do is force a hard speed dribble down the sideline, get a late trap sometimes, but you're right about the safety is if you have a girl that I'm even thinking about putting my quickest player back as a safety. um, There's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with that. And, but you know, this different. That's that's good stuff. Yeah. And I had a six foot three girl last year that, that eventually came good, but man, I hate to see her leave that, that back line. (laughs) I hate that. No, I agree. Um, I agree. But but tell us, um, tell us a little bit about that and tell us some of the, um, tell us about uh, how do you guys trap? Because Man, that's, there's different ways you can do it out of the two two one. Well, the, what we like to do is uh, we like to, we a lot of, we've never denied out of the two two one because we start in a two, in a in a two two one configuration. It's two two one. Mm-hmm. Usually we have our and what I do is my three man is always front left because I set everything up the way transition defense should be. So mm-hmm. our either our one or our two is going to be at half court away from the ball. So let, um, so we'll have the three and probably the four on the, on, on the offenses, what would it be the offenses right or your, or our left. And then our one or two is going to be at the, you know, one of the top persons. And then our one and two or two is going to be back from where they were at half court. And basically what we're going to do is we're the second, the ball comes in, we're going to put as much pressure on the ball and force that person to dribble. We're going to force that person to dribble. We're not going to let them throw it straight middle. And then if we can invite them up the sideline and then get them to reverse dribble, we'll run and jump that with the, with the backside guard. Cause that's what coach Wooden did. I, I keep seeing all this stuff on, uh, on Twitter about, Hey, give me coach Wooden's two, two, one press coach Wooden didn't run the, the, what Denny crumb did where he was trying to trap in what we call purgatory, which is, mm-hmm. is the spot right prior to half court or hell, which is right after half court, <laughs> he, they were going to, they were going to, they let Hazard and Goodrich and those guys, they, they let them read. So really, really what that is, is a, is a, is a run and jump scramble is what that is. You're just in a zone. And, uh, and so that's what we do is we try to, we try to get them to, you know, come back to that other guard. We'll jump switch it. Sometimes it'll be a trap and we just try to match up and, and, and take some chances until you get down to the other end. Um, if they throw it back to the inbounder, a lot of it has to do with, is that person a good ball handler? Um, you know, and we'll, we'll do some things game plan wise. Um, but, but we're going to, we're going to try to mess you up and speed you up. Not, not the traditional two, two, one that takes eight seconds to break. Cause when I was in high school, we played a two, two, one and we never really trapped. It took them eight seconds to break it. And then we'd fall back into our zone and, but we're, we're, we're not going to let them do that. They're going to have to, they're going to have to pick their poison and, uh, and we're going to try to heat them up. And then once they get used to that, you know, on a free throw, we'll change it up and go to our one, two, one, one. Okay. Okay. Thank you.
<laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, Coach, I, I love that. Um, I, I just want to get into your, your 2 2 1 again because McCarthy's one of those that traps with his guards. And we've been working on that in the preseason lately. That's not as easy as what you think. You better have some quick guards. But oh, I, I agree. like it. I, I think it's safer to get skills <laughs> with your floaters back there. Well, and you're a, okay. Now you're a left hand only guy. So a drill that we do, and I don't, and I, I've never, there's, there's no drills except for our pre-practice shooting when I, or our early work shooting that we do every day. If, if a coach ever tells you they do a drill every day, they're lying because they're, it, you know, they don't do it every day, but one that we do a lot is we call, we, we do the traditional zigzag, but then we have a drill we call cut drill. And it helps our ball handling too. So we'll, we'll line up a, um, we'll give a person the ball on the sideline in the corner, about five steps up from the corner. We'll give her the ball two steps ahead of, of the defense. We call it one-on-one -on -one cut. And my thing is it helps our ball handling left-handed wise. And then our kids, our kids under, start to understand that no one's going to throw a left-handed diagonal pass all the way to the backside. So if you can get a kid dribbling up the side, the left, the sideline with her left hand, there's no reason to trap her from the front anyway. So what we do is we do what we call a cut drill. So they take off dribbling as fast as they can. And then that they have to keep dribbling in a straight line till they get to the corner or they get cut. So that person is going to go cut them. Um, they're going to sprint up and try to cut them. Um, and then defensively, once you cut them, you can't let your momentum take in. We don't want them to go back middle. And then it's live one-on-one. -on -one. If they get all the way to the corner, then you cut them off there and it's live one-on-one. -on -one. But we do that. And that's a great conditioning drill. It's a great ball handling drill. And then we'll add, we'll say two-on-two -two cut or two-on-one cut. And then we'll add somebody coming and trapping that. And we'll work on trapping from behind. And that's how we chase that down. And then what we try to do in our 2-2-1 is that half-court person, who cares if they dribble up the sideline and go all the way down to what we call, you know, the coffin corner right. um, on, the, on the other end. So if, you know, we just... At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. Try not to let them cross over and go middle. Um, and and if, they, if they want to keep dribbling up the sideline, there's not very many kids that can throw a left-handed pass diagonal and take, you know, and, and hurt you on the backside of your press. That's easy for me to sit here and say when I haven't seen your kids play, but, um, you know, and, and, and I mean, it, you know, cause I've had slow teams before too, where we couldn't do that. Yeah. I'm actually, um, you know, I was at my previous school for five years. I'm actually at a new school now. So we're pretty, we're, we're learning as we go, but this summer I definitely have some better athletes than what I had before, but that doesn't mean they're better basketball players. These, the girls right. I have now, uh, it's a big, it's a bigger school. So it's a new challenge for me, coach. Uh, sure. But sure. Uh, I love that idea, though. So you're almost inviting them for a left-sided catch. Yeah, and that and that doesn't that doesn't bother us. That doesn't bother.
Go ahead, coach. This is the volume, a little bit. Yeah, the volume. A little, you turn it up just a little bit. They don't skip it over. Hey, coaches, welcome back. Hey, um, got Coach Ted Anderson back here talking about his pressing system. And um, we were just talking about uh, how he likes to kind of force the ball to the weekend side on his press. I want him to kind of go into detail a little bit more about that. Yeah, we like like I said, we'll, uh, we just want in our press, if we're not going to hard trap the very first pass, we we want to try to force that person to dribble. I mean, I'm an old scram, I'm an old Jim Laranaga scramble guy. And um, the, the key is, is if you're going to do all that, you got to you got to get them to dribble. And uh, and the one thing that that I we've had some success with is when you go to a two two one press or even a one two one one and don't trap the first plat pass, they can't. And you got everything covered up. They can't pass. You just can't let them make a pass right off the bat, you know. And once you force them to dribble, then you can kind of start getting into rotation. And um, you know, we have we have a few drills that we run each day. Uh, you know, we have at least one one or two full court drills that we'll run each day that, um, that we try to emphasize that. And, uh, you know, and, and we're, and, and we have actually in our three trips, even when we're going five on five, um, I had never trapped on live balls for a long time. And now when we're doing our three trips drill or our ODO drill, if we score, we're immediately getting into our press and, and that's helped us a lot. Uh, I don't like to do that early in the season because then we can't we can't get our fast break put in because <laughs> it's hard you know it's it's tough to do. I love that. So what you're saying is you're always practicing your press because I love that because when we're practicing our half court offense, uh, which we don't do as much as our transition because that's not what we really believe in. Even though half court offense is important, but um, right we make a basket, we're right into our press, and then the next group comes on. So it's kind of just, but we're always practicing that as the kids start to believe in it. Yeah. And I, you have to practice conversion. I've, I've, uh, now there will be times where, where we will, we know we've got to just sit in the half court yeah. and we'll say, okay, we're going to go three, you know, we're going to go three possessions and we got to get some stuff done. But for the most part, we're at least going to transition down the other way. And most of the time we'll transition back as well. Right, right. And I want you to break down, you don't have to do every single drill though, but um, I want to know like certain key drills that you utilize, particularly when you're teaching your press. Um, but uh, give us some, some key things that you guys do pretty much consistently. Well, I would say that our, that, that our, that we have about three drills press wise. I mean, you know, you obviously are going to have to come up with your own to break some stuff down and show how to make the first trap if it's not going well. But we use, uh, and, and we'll do this the first week, and we do it for ball handling, is we'll play two on what we call two-on-two two rugby. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll have, we'll, have, we'll have somebody, you know, they'll play, two, they'll be at the elbow, they have to get it open, somebody will throw it into them, and then it's two-on-two. Two. The only way you can advance the ball is by dribble. So the other person has to stay behind. Um, they can threaten your gap. Um, you know, if they try to go middle, you're going to have to keep them out of the middle. If they, if they dribble up the sideline, you're going to go trap them. And the good thing is, is you, you've got some protection. They have to throw it behind right. and then you recover back and see so you play two on two now. And what we always try to do with our drills is we're going to try to get a couple traps set in that. And what we tell the offense is once the ball goes inside the three-point line, you have to kick it back out, and then you're just playing live two-on-two. Two. So you've recovered and you played that. And then we have another one that we call three-on-three three hockey. And we got these from uh, – I think that was a Ralph Miller rule is the hockey rule. And I think Brian McCormick came up with a rugby deal. But yeah, um, the we did this this summer is we did three-on-three three hockey rules, which meant you couldn't throw it over over the blue line. You, you didn't have to pass behind, but you couldn't just chuck it over the blue line like in like in hockey. And, and, and that that's helped our defense quite a bit. And then um, and then Coach Wooden's uh, Coach Wooden's three on three continuous is still the best drill to run to press. And what we do 
is, I mean, the second that ball goes through the net, <laughs> um, we tell them they have to play in a frenzy and we try to deny the inbounds pass, you know, cause it's three on three to half court. You can trap and steal it and all that. And we, you know, and that's probably, those are probably the three best things that we do. Um, the, the other thing that we've started to do and, and we did it to get better at press offense. And this is a drill that I'm not going to say that I invented, but we were struggling to break presses and we were struggling on free throw rebounding. So we came up with a drill and I don't run a lot of drills, but I, we did it all of February, the year of the pandemic was one group has five players and they're going to shoot a free throw. They get a one-on-one. So you're working on free throw block out. Um, if they, you know, if they make the first one, they get a second one. If they miss the first one, it's live, but they have the, the free throw team has five people. So they're supposed to play in a frenzy and run our press and they get the, the basket protected. So it's, so it's four versus five going down. I don't like to play, you know, five versus eight, but I don't mind playing four versus five. So we go down, move the ball, and then we'd sprint back and get into our, get into a diamond formation and work on rotation, which is how we rotate in our amoeba. So that was a really good, that's been our, that's probably been one of the best drills I've ever come up with is have one team shoot free, shoot, shoot a one-on-one. You're working on free throw block out. You know, if they make them both, you take it out of bounds. You've got five people, so you should be able to trap and really, you know, make a difference. And, you know, and then you're working on your press break. And we became a lot better press break team, and it helped us taking care of the ball. Um, it's just hard to get those kids to double all the time. We're just constantly, it's like, hey, you got an extra kid, even down in the half court, go double, go double. You know, I, two I, closest people go double. And uh, so that's kind of, and, and that's a good drill for us. We, we just play that down and back. Yeah, I love that. Um, that's kind of similar to, um, I always steal a lot of drills from Mark Cassio. I'm sure you know. Mark Cassidy. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. He's got some great stuff, man. Uh, he has an and one drill that he calls. Uh, and, um, you know, if you make a shot, you, sh you go to the foul line. Um, you also get points for that bucket. And that's how they start there. And they, have, they actually have four teams, three or four teams of, of five um, that they rotate in and out on that. So it's really a great drill. We, um, we enjoy practicing that. Hey, but um, I'm finding out, Coach, this, this, this summer, what I'm doing more of is, is sprint recovery drills because it's, okay. it's not the trapping problem that we have is when you get beat and you have to turn those hips for girls and sprint back and get another rotation. Um, the group that I have right now needs a lot of work on that. So we're putting a lot of time into sprint recovery drills. Almost, hey, hey we're going to throw it ahead of you. You got to sprint out of that trap and try to at least – don't give up and try to get, try to get the miss. So what do you think about that? Well, it, you know, it depends on how much time you have. You now, you now you said you're kind of in your preseason practices right now. Yes. Well, I mean, we, we can't do a thing with our kids until November 15th and I've only got four of them not playing a fall sport. Right. So um, the, Hey, I would ref, I would do anything I could to teach one or two techniques a day if I had all the time you have. I mean, I, I mean, and, and, and we would shoot the crap out of the ball. Right. Um, you know, we, we, we would work on shooting and then I would pick one. I mean, that would be awesome because you could say, Hey, here's one concept we're going to get better at. Um, and, and of course you want to get better at, at, you know, you want to condition your players as, as you're doing that. It sounds like they're getting some basketball conditioning while they're doing that as well. Um, which is, which is the key to, to me, the key to the whole thing, we don't ever run a sprint in practice. Um, right. You know, unless, uh, except for on our competitive drills. And then we, we have a, we have a saying, uh, conditioning is a, is a privilege. The winning team just gets to run less than the non-winning team. Right. Um, right. It, it, I mean, to me, it, it doesn't make any sense to let somebody else run and get better than you. You just don't get to run as much, you know, um, if, 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 in fact, you think you think sprints are a good thing. Right. Hey, let's get into your offensive system a little bit. Um, tell me how you guys obviously if you're you're an up tempo team, tell me uh, your strategy for getting possession of the, of the defensive board or turnover, how you guys get to your lane so quick. 
Well, uh, you know, it's funny you ask that. And I've, I'm an old, I'm old dogs can new, uh, learn new tricks. Um, I'm, we've been a, we've been a KU or Carolina secondary team for however many years. And we've had a rim runner and our two mans run the right three mans run the left. Yeah. Um, you know, closest post has inbounded other one sprints and, and, and it's been good to us, but I've got point, I've got a point guard and I've got a five man as a trailer. That's a second point guard. We need the lane open. So I, I went off the deep end this summer and I, I started in the spring. Uh, I started reading about the two side and, uh, and I, I said, Hey, we're going to sink or swim with this. And basically we taught our kids two things this summer. We said, we're going to widen the lane and we're going to shoot it, drive it or move it. And I'm not going to teach you one thing. <laughs> um, so if you were on whatever side you were on, you were going to get wide and run. And so basically, and I think you had, have you had Brent tempted on yet? Not yet. I definitely want, I heard. Okay. Really good. okay but you, you know who he is Yeah. and yeah. you've seen the two side stuff. We're, we're, we did it all summer and we had a, we had a really, you know, it, it was when I would, the first time we did it against another team, um, our freshmen were doing it and they just weren't very, I mean, they, they didn't have the skill, but then I thought this is not going to work. And then our, then we had our varsity come on and they did it and did it decently. And, and it keeps the lane open and, and it's and and really we just allowed our kids to play this summer. And that may have been the, that's probably what I should have been doing for ever since we could play <laughs> is in the summer, just say, Hey, get space and play and then see what kids can do. Um, so but, yeah. So tell me then your, uh, we call them our corners. We send them right to the, to the, to yep, the corners. Yep. Um, we, yeah, it makes a lot of sense because right now in teaching a five man, I mean, I, I mean, a lot of times our five man can't, she's rebounding. She can't get Correct. out down the middle. Correct. Correct. It really ever happens. Um, so what do you do? So you send they she just goes to uh, ball side wing or the trailer goes wide into the slot. How do you, what do y'all do with that? Well, what we're gonna okay, what we're gonna do is the first the first person on the right side is gonna is gonna set up in the corner. The second person, no matter who it is, is gonna set up in the corner, and then my five man can play all five positions. Um, we're very very lucky. Her uh, her sister. Uh, was a senior last year and she qualified for the Olympic trials and made the finals of the Olympic trials in Oregon. Right. Um, and this girl's three or four inches taller and just more athletic. And so she, we actually had her be point guard sometimes last year and she's our center. And so we're going to kind of let her, if she doesn't get the rebound, go wherever she wants. I haven't quite decided on that, but basically we're going to, you know, if it all works out, we're going to have a two side and a single side. And we're going to try to skip it over, but also we're going to, we've got any ball handler that's on the floor. If they can, they call it being their own outlet. If they can just push it up, they're the point guard. And then we're just going to, we're going to kind of space and play. And right. I'm going to, as you said, if you want your break to work first three weeks of practice, you got to put tape over your mouth and shut up. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to do. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, and we did that in the summer and it, and it was, and it was good. How do you get your girls to um, get to that corner? Everybody's different. I think uh, over time, kids get in better shape. Anything you, you, you do to get, cause that's not an easy, I mean, you got to really work to get to that corner spot within a certain number of seconds. Well, there, you know, there, I, I don't have the answer to that. I, I, my, my big worry is I have a, I have a young lady and, and she's one of my favorite kids in all the world. And she, and I've had some kids like this that I call them those 35 year old rec league players or those NBA veterans that are waiting to, are, are waiting and reading. I mean, Larry Bird didn't, I mean, he didn't sprint. He read and right. she's kind of like that. So I'm, I'm worried if she's, if she's ahead of the pack, going to that left corner is the four man and the three man is behind her. The three man's going to pass her up. So I don't have an answer for that. I mean, that's going to be something we're going to have to do. We have four games. We have 15 practices and four games before Christmas. And, right. you know, we're going to, you know, we'll have that. Uh, we'll have that figured out, but you know, right now we're going to, and we have enough depth where 
those kids better be sprinting or they're not going to be playing as much. <laughs> right, right. You know, so. So you're saying it's kind of a race to spot. So is it open? Yeah, it really open is. Spot? It, it, yeah. I mean, if you're the first person on the left side, I mean, it, it, and, and Brent Tipton, I was able to work uh, snow, two Snow Valley camps with him this summer and unbelievable teacher of the game. And, you know, you get wide and you sprint, and you sprint like crazy and, and, right. You know, and, and I'm not going to be a system coach where we substitute five for five every minute. But, you know, when you're tired, you're going to come out and then, wow. you know, hopefully yeah. we've hopefully we've, you know, we get them in good enough shape to where the best kids by the time the end of the year rolls around, they're fast enough to stay in the game. Yeah. So, tell me how you're teaching that. Give me a couple of drills, coach. I mean, I know I have different things that uh, we like to do, um, but um, I think it really comes down. You really got to. You don't, I'm sure you don't do any wasted drills with these kids. You're running your fast break, man. You're constantly working on getting to your spots. Uh, yeah. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to do two things. We're going to do four on two. Uh, we've, we've done the traditional UCLA drill um, mm -hmm. where you're working back and forth, but we're going to do four on two so that they can understand the rotation and get shots. And we'll put some constraints on, and then we're going to bring them in not just from one side, but from, and we did this this summer, we brought them in from opposite sides. So we're going to go four on two plus two. Mm -hmm. And so then that four uh, is going to outlet the ball and there'll already be two down there and then it'll be four on two. And then when they cross half court, the other two will come in and right. be the defensive trailer. So yeah, that's basically, that's basically all we're going to, you know, that's basically all we're going to do. And we're just going to yell like crazy and say, you know, and we're, we're going to, you know, and, and now that we have an NFH camera in our gym, we're going to film more practices because <laughs> uh, I could just hit that. And, uh, and, you know, we're going to talk about it and, uh, and make that a big deal. And we, you know, we make that part competitive and, and we're going to, we're going to run hard and, um, and our, our kids work really hard. Our, uh, every one of our kids in a weight class. And then this, you know, this summer in the summers, the girls lift at 550 every morning. That's great. Um, and the way we, and just what I like about our programs is we, our volleyball kids, um, do you, do you have a lot of kids that play on your volleyball team that play volleyball? Well, we, we, we play it in the fall and we have, I think, well, I think, well, two starters. So, so we play yeah. in a fall league. We're lucky here. My girls are going to play in a fall league, uh, but I have right. girls playing softball and volleyball right now. Right. Well, see what the way it is with us is um, a lot of the bigger schools, you know, the volleyball kids, they'll play volleyball all winter. So they don't even go out for basketball. All right. of our kids, our, our coach, and we got second in the state two years in a row in volleyball. Our coach tells them, I don't want you playing winter volleyball. I want you out for basketball. So right. I don't get them as much as I'd like to have them. But in the summer, um, they lift at 5:50 and at six at 6:45 they start warming up at 5:50 6:45 they're done and then Monday Tuesday varsity kids uh, go with basketball and the freshmen sophomores go with volleyball and then we flip it uh, and she didn't even take them the first two weeks so I mean we work together and we go you know we only go with them for about an hour after that and then they go off and work jobs and do whatever and I've got a state champion pole vaulter the uh, state champion javelin kid I mean we're a three sport place. So we have to rely more on our defense. Um, cause we don't have, you know, we didn't shoot great last year. I'm, I'm embarrassed. To, I shouldn't say I'm embarrassed to say, uh, we won our sub state championship game 20 to 17. Yeah. And I'm a running, I'm a running game coach. They, that, that we beat that team 47 to 30 earlier in the year and they got back every time and, and just dug in and right. then we got, we didn't shoot it well from the free throw line. We got kind of tight. Uh, but we won and went to the, you know, went, went two more rounds. So. Yeah. Coach, I know you got to go. Cause I know you're, um, they're waiting. Oh, for you. I, they're waiting yeah, for I'm, you in the press box. I know that man, with your grand entrance. I got uh, an hour and 15, but that's good. You're good. Hey, uh, before you go though, uh, just let's, let's piggyback on that because we all like to run. We all think it's going to win us a championship, but really a good friend of mine named Gene Durden, who's a great coach out here in Georgia. Uh, he's a pressing running coach, but he told me, he says, coach, when you get to the state tournament, you're going to have multiple possessions where you got to execute on the half court. You got to grind it out is what he says. What's your philosophy on that? Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, I've, I've, uh, 
you know, I, I think you have to, the reason we work on pressing is you have to have one. Um, and I got that from Bill self a long time ago. He said, you know, he said, we, we try to go pressure man. And then late, you know, late in the game, we're going to put somebody on the ball or we're going to trap and, and we have to work against it so that we can break the press. Right. And, but we, but we also use it as a weapon. Uh, and then, like I said, when you get to the state tournament, you still have to have possessions. And, you know, when we got second uh, in 2018, I told, I asked our kids, we, we played Baldwin and they were, they were a tremendous team. And I said, you guys like running UCLA drill, which is our three on three continuous. And I said, we're not going to call one play because they're going to press us and we're going to press them. And they, they beat us 58, 57. Uh, and that's for, for Kansas high school basketball and no shot clock. That's pretty high scoring game. Uh, most of, you know, a lot of our games are, you know, I think we averaged, I don't know, 48 or something like that. Uh, we had, you know, we had, seven, we had, we had several in the fifties, but see, we also have 30 point rule at the, in the fourth quarter too, which I don't totally agree with. I mean, it's, it's tough, but uh, you know, we, we like, we like to get after it and we're going to, we're going to, I would, I would say this, um, anybody that wants to press needs to, uh, needs to look at Kurt Gelsdorf's running groups drill. And we did that this summer. Um, And I, I called him and I said, the only thing I don't like about that drill is the, the offensive team has to play offense twice in a row instead of like what because our defense our kids would get the rebound in that drill one outlet it's like no you turn around and play defense so it's right. kind of it's kind of backwards but it's a great drill and we ran it we ran it two we ran it two times this summer and it'll it'll be a it'll be a staple drill for us for our press yeah Kurt's great man he's a good friend of mine I, I'm, I'm talking about a brilliant basketball mind I mean he will share with you anything. And the other guy that you probably heard of is Mark Hart, who does a great job on yes, his podcast. I, yes, he does tremendous. Um, give me some guys, give me some guys that you really like to study uh, that maybe I don't know about and maybe guys that you love to pick up. And it could be a guy right there in Kansas. Um, so talk about, talk about some well, great guys, you know. Couple of couple of guys that I've, uh, Rory Hamilton, who's down in Oklahoma, he mm-hmm. played for the, his, uh, his high school coach, Dan Buchanan. I could, his son is our head coach. at, at okay. And so I, we have a good boy staff. And so there's always guys I can pick their brain. And then my good friend, Phil Anderson, at, uh, he's at Hutch Juco. He's an assistant. He was a men's coach here for a long time and, at, at Hutch High and uh, Salina South. And he's probably, people think he's probably one, he's probably one of the best defensive coaches in the state. And then I talked to a guy named Stan Dom up at, uh, up in, uh, up in the Kansas City, Missouri area. Uh, he's, he's at St. James, but you know, there's so much stuff on YouTube. I mean, I, I started visiting with Brent Tipton and got a lot of his stuff. And then when we were running ball screen motion, Matt Hackenberg, um, and I, yeah. I think you've had him on. I had. Um, he's he's good, he, man. He's smart. He has been he has been yeah. tremendous, and I've I've emailed him back and forth. And then um, I did a I did a clinic lot two years ago during the pandemic. Um, Lance Fritz from Wisconsin, and then Derek Sheridan from Ohio are a couple of guys that that I've I've gotten a lot of stuff from. But we you know my my philosophy was all built on Roy Williams, Bill Self, and Kelvin Sampson, basically. Um, as, as we were when I was going through, you know, when I was going through coaching, because it was it was a uh, it was it was a cool deal. Samson's underrated. I, I really feel like he's done a great job uh, there at Houston. He has. Kelvin he Sampson. Has. Talk about he does some great stuff with his toughness, his rebounding, just the intensity of how hard he practices. He is so yeah. underrated from the average coach. I mean, but we all know what a great coach he is. You know, we went down, you know, it's funny you say that. Um, one of the one of the guys that coached, the head coach at Hutch Juco played for Samson for a year at OU. And, uh, you know, we went down there when Jeff Capel was down there. And uh, Samson was just a get it done on defense kind of guy. He didn't care about technique. He was more get it done. I don't know if you remember Nahara that played for him. He was, yeah, he was I do. A, he was an Indian guy. I remember him getting knocked out by Michigan State. They wouldn't have let him come back into the game. Um, to, in today's world, but you know, Samson does those 
bubble he's got a bubble rebounding drill and a double Love bubble it. rebounding drill and and he <laughs> he's it. harder on those guys than Izzo is and I think he's let yeah. up but he gets them he gets them to play hard and and uh, we still do some of his full court layup drills and some of that stuff I mean he 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 demands it and I think he's one of you know he's a very underrated coach and, and just got all the stuff he got in trouble for at Indiana is legal now, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he texted a couple of players, you know? Yeah. You got it. That's, that's all NCAA stuff, which is great. Yeah. We can go, we yeah. can have another podcast on that, but uh, oh, there's now, no doubt. <laughs> but uh, I, I actually stole, a, uh, I do what I call Indiana. When he was in Indiana, he did a, as a take a charge drill that I still do with my teams on that and so forth. Yep. But uh, two lines, you know, the rotation, get a loose ball, guy finishes it at the rim, you know, all those. But um, but sure. I think, I think sure. if you're a new coach, I think he'd be a great coach to learn under. But, man, all those coaches you mentioned, man, if you can grab a little bit from each one of those guys, man, you can fill your resource library pretty good, man, with all those guys. For sure, for sure. <laughs> hey, Coach, before you go, um, talk about what you expect from your team this year and maybe add in a little bit about Kansas girls basketball uh, that people that are listening just have no idea about. Well, you know, it's Kansas girls basketball is pretty good. You know, we, we expect to, you know, we expect a lot from our team. Uh, We only, we only lose, we only had one senior last year. We got everybody coming back and, and they're, and they worked hard all summer on all of their sports. So, uh, you know, it's going to obviously be incumbent on the coaching staff to, to figure out how to put all the parts together. And, you know, they get along well and they work hard um, and they're going to, they're going to be locked in and focused. Um, the thing about uh, the, the thing about Kansas basketball, you know, at the 4A level, um, we have, we have, we have four or five really, really good programs. One is almost unbeatable Bishop Miege. They, uh, we, we lost to them in the semis last year. Um and then McPherson's the other one. McPherson lost to him by 15 in the finals. And, um, you know, you want to try to, you know, we're, we're trying to get to climb up to the McPherson level. We're, we're not to the Miege level yet. I mean, McPherson had a couple kids signed D2, one with Pitt State, and I think one with Hayes. Miege had a girl signed with Louisville. <laughs> they nice. got, they had a, cat quick point guard and a great shooter that are going to sign D1. Um, you know, it's hard, it's hard to compete with that at the, you know, in the 4A level, but we, we have, we go to a mid-season tournament and we're the biggest school there. And last year was the first year we won two games there. Cheney <laughs> beat us by Cheney. We won our first game against Nickerson that had beaten us by one at our place. Uh, we lost to a 3A school that won state the next year or, or that year. Uh, later in the season, we lost to them by, by two points. And then we beat our district team garden plane by one point in overtime. So our mid season tournament, even though there's three, a, and all three, a and four, a schools is, is a test. Cause we have, you know, it's different styles and people play zone. That's the other thing in small schools is we, we saw, we see a lot, we see a lot of zone the, then we'll all of a sudden for two weeks, we'll see man and press. And so you gotta be ready as a, you know, you got to be ready as a team and a coach. And what's, what is it going to take for your team to kind of get to that next level this year, coach? Uh, kind of give us a little scatter <laughs> on your, on your kids. Well, we're, we're <laughs> going to have to, be, we're going to have to believe that uh, we're, we're going to have to get better shooting the ball. The one thing that I think happened in the pandemic is we, we had about 20 practices taken away from us in a summer. Um, we're we're going to have to, we're going to have to stretch the defense and find some three point shooters. We rely a lot on, on uh, offensive rebounds. And we rely on our defense, but, you know, we're just going to have to get better shooting the ball. And, uh, and, and I think we will, cause we've had some kids work pretty hard at it and, and uh, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll just have to keep going in that area and take the experience that we had last year and build on that. I, you know, I played a lot of sophomores last year and now they're seasoned juniors and some of them seniors. So it's going to be fun and right. they'll have success and they'll have success in volleyball. I mean, they'll, they're, they're, I think they've lost five games in the last two years or something. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to kind of hear about you guys. I always enjoy talking to coaches from other states and keeping yeah. up with them and so forth. So, but Ted, I really appreciate, man. I know you're a, you're a guy that really follows the game and you care about your players, you care about the game. And I appreciate you sharing about your program with us. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love doing this and um, I do one every week if someone would invite me, but um, <laughs> you know, um, it's just the way it goes, but. Yeah, absolutely on that. Hey, and hey, Andale football tonight, man. You're, you're going to be uh, kind of give us kind of a lead in really quick. Give us a lead in to your your uh, your 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 PA system, man. I know you're, you're going to get it going. Well, you know, we we did. We you know, we have a great booster club and we we have we have a really good PA system. I feel, I feel like when you sit out there, it's pretty loud. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we have people that, t- you know, we have people that tailgate. They'll I uh, we, matter of fact, at our booster club uh, fundraiser they raffled off we uh for a somebody bought the this big old van that or school bus uh, yeah. for eighty seven hundred dollars that was donated uh, and it's called the uh, it's called the war wagon and uh, these guys drove it for 10 years and they donated it and said hey we need you know because their kids are all out and so we made eighty eighty seven hundred dollars on it and now somebody else bought it and they'll be they'll be smoke flying and everything but our football team's going to line up with three backs in the backfield and come right at you right and uh we're we're an old school farming community it's fun it's fun only thing is is sometimes the games are over at halftime you know or after the third quarter they start running the clock so right um, right. you know if we don't turn the ball over we should be okay yeah yeah line it up like old oklahoma man it's oklahoma oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't wait yeah. to me, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. Coach, thank you so much for sharing with us about Kansas basketball and your program. Uh, thanks again. I wish you the best, man, and uh, have fun tonight. Oh, yeah, for sure. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Coach. Coaches, I'd like to welcome our new Championship Vision podcast sponsor, Huddle Assist. The best basketball coaches are relying on data more than ever. That's why coaches love Huddle Assist. With Assist, you get full game breakdowns, including complete team and player stats in less than 24 hours. Your stats are ready when you need them. And Assist is more than just the box score. Use interactive reports like shot charts and advanced stance like lineup data, VPS, and of course, effective field goal percentage to coach smarter. Plus, Assist brings your stats to life. Every stat is marked on the video at the moment it happens. See every shot, turnover, rebound, and much more with just a few clicks. Want to see how Huddle Assist is elevating basketball? Visit huddle.com slash assist. That's huddle.com slash assist to learn more. Huddle will also be at the Legends at the Grove Clinic on September 12th at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Come stop by our table to chat and see what we have to offer. Hi, this is Matt from Court Cart. The Court Cart is a great way to store your basketballs and is handy at practice. You can lock up 24 men's or 30 women's basketballs with our zippered top. The cart is sturdy and easy to go around the court. The cart is $2.69 with free shipping. The court board is a whiteboard that attaches to the cart so you can draw plays up on the court. The Court Cart court board package is $5.28 with free shipping. You can find out more information on courtcart.com.